The NFL PropCast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $500 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or, or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by PicksWise. PicksWise is the number one app for free sports betting picks, props, and parlays. Download the free PicksWise app now to make your next bet better. We're also brought to you by OddsCrowd. Are you the best football better in the U.S.? Odds Crowd challenges you to prove it with their free-to-play fantasy betting contest. Over $30,000 up for grabs over the season. Go to oddscrowd.com to sign up. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app. SGPN is giving you a chance to win $100,000 NFL Week 1 exclusively on the SGPN app. And welcome, everyone, NFL PropCats episode number six, fresh off of the Thursday night football game. We'll get into that in a little bit, but NFL week one is here. I am so excited. Currently 934 on the West Coast, and I'm joined by the prop god, the man, the Brody, Dan Titus. Dan, how you feeling tonight, my man? What's good, Munaf, man? I wish I was you right now. I see you chilling <laughs> in Las Vegas. The SGPN crew is out there, live in effect, killing it at the uh, the win Las Vegas, man. The the setup looks so dope. Yeah, the energy I'm sure is crazy. Las Vegas is going to have their first game with fans in the building. I mean, I can't I can't imagine what Vegas is like right now. It's got to be electric. Yeah, I got in. I got in a little while ago. Um, I know we were talking offline that I got. I caught some of the game in the uh, on the plane on the first half, and then uh, got to the room and just for the start of the fourth quarter, which you were saying that's all the thing I needed to watch. But right, uh, let yeah, let's get right into this game, man. Uh, what are your thoughts on this game? I know we both had player props. We can recap that, but overall, what are your thoughts about the game tonight? Obviously, Dallas gets the cover. And Tom Brady being Tom Brady, leading his team down the field to get the victory. Yeah, I think that this is probably the best case scenario for a Thursday night game. And yeah. usually these these are snooze fests and we all we got was a shootout. I think there was a lot of anticipation of what we we're going to see out of Dak Prescott, you know, mm-hmm. not having to take a preseason snap. And honestly, it didn't look like he was really that phased. He made easy work. Not, I shouldn't say easy work, but it was very clear that Mike McCarthy finally made an adjustment and abandoned the run game super early, which was wise. You know, they, they Tampa Bay's secondary was definitely suspect all game. Amari Cooper went off, had a great game, had a couple of touchdowns over a hundred yards. CD lamb found some, found some space. Michael Gallup was heavily involved early on until he left with, uh, with an injury. But I, I think what you saw out of Dallas was some grit. And, you know, if you have any futures on them to win the NFC East, I think you can probably hang your hat on their their ability to stay with the the, the reigning champs here. So yeah, um, I think that was a good showing for Dallas's end. I am a bit concerned about Ezekiel Elliott, but I think that that was more a product of just the stout defense, rush defense of Tampa Bay, and he really couldn't get going. 
But uh, on the Tampa Bay side, man, the, I think the biggest takeaway was Antonio Brown. And yep. what he looks like with Tom Brady, this is going to be – this is going to be a really interesting pairing and duo throughout the season. Like he looked like the wide receiver one. I don't know where Mike Evans was the entire game. He was like ghost. And uh, Chris Godwin did a lot of under work under underneath work. You know, obviously that's what Tom Brady's specialty is hitting those slot receivers. Mm-hmm. And I think we saw a lot of good rapport, um, obviously with Gronk having two touchdowns in a 90 yard yeah. day. So yeah, overall I was just impressed by both offenses coming out clicking. And uh, if you're, a Tampa Bay fan, you should probably feel pretty good. Mm-hmm. If you're a Dallas fan, I would still probably feel pretty good. But uh, yeah, it was just a fun game. Glad, glad this is how we started off the season, man. Yeah, a lot of offense in the game. I mean, if you're looking at the box score, not much to write about the uh, rushing attack like you talked about, at least for both teams. But it was all about the wide receivers, tight ends, and obviously the quarterbacks uh, tonight. Um You know, uh, I know we'll get into the props that we have for this game in a, in a second here, but. I think that as much as SGPN, you know, clowns on Dallas, I think, like you mentioned, uh, Mike McCarthy making the adjustment of getting away from the running game and knowing that he's going to have to throw the ball if they want the chance to win this game, right? Dak Prescott tonight, 42 of 58, 400 plus yards, three touchdowns, one interception, um, sacked only once, which was really surprising. I think you got to give a lot of credit to the Dallas offensive line, especially with them missing Zach Martin. Um, I'm sure Lionel Collins was not 100%, but for them to perform the they did tonight going into the defending champs building, um, you know, had a chance to win the game. Uh, this was incredible performance by Dallas. You, you got to really tip your hat. Like you said to them, um, let's get into our player props for this game. Uh, what did you have for this game? I know I put out a post, uh, for the website, but, uh, what did you have personally on this game? Yeah. My first one's pretty embarrassing. I had Ronald Jones over 10 and a half rushing attempts that okay. one tanked super early because if you watch the game, he fumbled, I want to say on oh, maybe a second or third series of the of the game, and he didn't get back in the game. It was all Leonard Fournette and Gio Bernard thereafter. So that tanked. My second one was Tony Pollard under 18 and a half rushing yards. I saw the fade in terms of just the run game because, as I stated before, Tampa Bay's run defense is just that good. And uh, that hit. So I like that one. And then the other one, where I was, I was really surprised to still see out there, was Cameron Brait. Uh, oh, uh, Cameron Brate's receiving line was set at eight and a half. So I took the under on that nice. because, you know, once uh, OJ Howard was, was deemed active, I was like, this guy's got to be moving to the bench. And that's what happened. He yeah. didn't, even, he didn't sniff the field. Uh, but it, I surprisingly didn't see much of OJ Howard out tonight. It was really just a Gronk show. So really, yeah. um, if you took a under on OJ Howard, you probably won out too. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, um, yeah, the, only the Ronald Jones one, I think that, Having fumbles early, early, Bruce Aaron's like, no, we're not playing that game. Let's get Leonard Fournette in there. Let's get Giovanni Bernard in there. And uh, um, hopefully he doesn't have that issue going forward in the season because, uh, you know, we've seen with other teams that what the running back position is trying to get a little thin for some other teams. I know we'll get to that in the, in the second year. We'll, we'll recap that. But, yeah, for myself, I, ha- I put up an article for the Thursday Night Props. Um I was telling you offline, I was half half a yard away from having a perfect night going 3-0. and um, I had Antonio Brown over the uh, receiving yards. I think it was 58-and-a-half where I bet it. He yeah, finished, that in the he first got, half. Yeah, got that in the first quarter, actually. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I, I think he's going to have a big season, man. I really do. I, I think this is going to be the Antonio Brown that we see 
when he was with the with the Pittsburgh Steelers when he was all pro, you know, pro bowl type of receiver. So um, definitely keep an eye out for Antonio Brown. And then also had uh, Ezekiel Elliott uh, under 53 and a half, I believe, was his rushing yards number. Uh, fell below that. He only finished up with 33. And like you mentioned, right, the run defense of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is going to be stud all season long. And I think that if you're seeing numbers that are within you know in the 50 to 55 to 60 range for some of these running backs that the tampa bay buccaneers are going to face you probably want to auto bet that because that front seven it's 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 beast man it's going to be really hard to run the ball against that uh team and the last one that I, i fell short on um it was blake jarwin i had over 20 and a half yards and he ended up with 20 uh receiving yards in that game so it fell half a yard half a yard short on that and then my last one I did have I put out on my Twitter that no score in the first six minutes of the game and, and that that one cashed easily. So we can say we both had a really great start to the season and uh, hopefully we can continue that into the uh, uh, week one and then for the regular season also. Uh, Dan, do you have anything else you want to talk about with this game or uh, did you want to move on? Uh, anything else for takeaways from the game? No, I think if. Yeah, no, no, I'm good. I just know, and all the betters out there, don't don't put your stock in their RB by committee, yeah. uh, especially in Tampa, because Ronald Jones is not Ronald Jones is not to be trusted, mm-hmm. and I think he's now in purgatory. There's no chance that dude is getting off the bench now. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. I mean, even Chris Godwin had had a couple fumbles there. It's been a big one at the yeah, end of the game yeah, there. So, <laughs> right. A critical but, one, right? That was yeah. another touchdown on the way. So yeah, yeah, it's done. That one, that one affected the spread. Uh, uh, a, a that was the one that 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 turned the spread around for whichever way you had, either it was on Dallas or Tampa Bay. But uh, right. you know, great game to start the the season, and then definitely looking forward to uh, Sunday. Let's take a quick break here and we will get into some news some props news um some injury news concerning the baltimore ravens ready to win money and boost your odds WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $500 sports bet. Download, bet, win. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Go check out the new the new PropSwap.com, which is packed with features like filtering tickets based on value to find the best odds available, browse the activity feed to stay in the know, a loyalty rewards program that turns sales into extra cash, and much more. Use a promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will match it up to $500. If you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money, it just needs to improve. When making your bets, always make sure to go for two. Make two tickets on the same team or player so you can sell one for a profit and keep one to leave yourself some skin in the game. Thousands of buyers across the country are shopping for tickets on PropSwap every day. 
Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. All right, coming off the break, uh, Dan, we got news this morning or this afternoon that both Gus Edwards and Marcus Peters are feared to have torn ACLs in practice. I mean, I don't even know where to start with this. You had just uh, you had who's there for the J.K. Dobbins went down with a torn ACL in the preseason game, and then I think Justice Hill had a torn Achilles. That was their other running back, and then this morning we get the news that Gus Edwards and uh, Marcus Peters on the defensive side both left or were injured in practice on back-to-back plays is what I read uh, that the team fears to be torn ACLs. I mean, if you're a Baltimore Ravens fan, how do you think they're feeling right now? And where do you kind of go, I guess, from a, let's say, a fantasy pr- perspective and maybe looking at, you know, a player prop perspective? Yeah, for me, the thing that I'm wondering is what is going on with the turf in Baltimore? Because right. <laughs> to have four significant injuries to run to, to players of, you know, huge caliber and influence to their, to their run game. I mean, what is yeah. Baltimore without their run game? Right. And you're having to pick up Le'Veon Bell off the street, Latavius Murray off the street. If anything, I think it's actually going to be more of a, you know, if we're talking prop futures here, I would actually, mm-hmm. you could probably get some really good value right now for Lamar Jackson. You know, yeah. the one thing that's good about Baltimore is that they always seem to figure out how to weather the storm. And even though this is a, a throwing league, I think Baltimore has always been good. It's like Baltimore, San Francisco, well, not last season, but generally speaking, they're good yeah. at controlling the clock and doing stuff that other people don't do and still have success. And I think that they're going to find a way to get through it. And I think it's going to have to be with Lamar Jackson throwing the ball. Yeah. And frankly, that's what they did in the offseason, right? They bolstered their receiving corps mm-hmm. to try to give them some more help. Problem is they're all hurt. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be a tough spot for Baltimore, man. A tough climb in a really, really good division. I think we're going to see the, the Cleveland Browns probably ascend up that division now. I think it, it just got a little bit easier for them. Yeah. But um, in terms of player props and fantasy perspective, like, Tyson Williams is the next man up, it seems. You know, he's had the most time and experience in camp. They also have Trenton, uh, Trent Cannon or something like that. Either way, he's a, he's a journeyman fringe practice squad type player. Like I'm not expecting him to be fantasy relevant or even really sniff the field that much for Baltimore. I think once Le'Veon Bell clears, clears his protocols and all that stuff, like he'll probably be fitting in there as well as Latavius Murray. So I think that those are good, decent enough stop gaps, but this is really going to be, can Lamar carry this team on his back? And I think he'll still be successful. How successful? I don't know, but I think it's worth, it might be worth a flyer. If you love Baltimore, I I probably more significant actually is losing Marcus Peters. So that's going to be a huge blow to their defense. And that's usually their anchor uh, of their squad. So yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a rough year for Baltimore, but I think that they'll they'll still be all right. Yeah, and I think you know we, we talked about when we were previewing the division, then we were talking about AFC North that Baltimore wanted to make more of a commitment to the passing game, right? And I think now yeah. is the time hand. that it's yeah, it's now their yeah, like you said, their hand is going to be forced. Now they're going to have to start throwing the ball right with with the injuries to their running backs. Um, I think a great point that you mentioned when we were talking about the Bucks running backs is that looking at their props that it's going to be running back by committee, especially now in Baltimore also. So depending on how this market kind of prices some of these uh, running backs, if they do even price them uh, for player props, I think that'll be something to keep an eye on out for sure. But I think now a lot falls on Lamar Jackson. 
my last question to you, and then we'll kind of move on to the Sunday games in our player props is if Lamar Jackson is able to will this team to, let's say a number two seed in the AFC and wins the division title for the Baltimore Ravens in the AFC North, do you worth, do you think that that'll maybe get him votes for MVP and maybe a, a bet to get down on right now for Lamar Jackson to win MVP? Definitely. Absolutely. And I think his odds are only going to improve with news of this. I think everyone's going to be, you know, the media is going to be all in all this confusion and narrative and stuff. And frankly, like, I, I actually think that this is going to just make Lamar Jackson, people are going to realize like he's also playing for a contract, right? So yeah. he has incentive to ball out here. And to me, what better narrative can you get than losing three <laughs> Yeah, is it three or four running backs now? Losing I mean, we're losing count at this point. <laughs> uh, they're up to three. So they lost J.K. Dobbins. They lost right. Gus Edwards. And then also lost... Uh, and then Justin Hill. Yeah, so that's three right there for sure. Yeah, <laughs> and then you lose your... And you lose arguably your top corner. Yeah, that's exactly. Not arguably. He is their top corner. Yeah. So at this point, he's the deck is stacked against him. And I think that that's a great position to make a future... Because like the pedigree of of the Harbaugh's, like they're very good regular season coaches. They've they've proven that, and I, yeah. I think that he's talented enough to to will the team at least to probably nine or ten. It's going to take probably ten wins to get to the to get to the playoffs, and I think it might yeah. be feasible if they can get it clicking. But they're going to need their guys on the on the on the field. Yeah, that 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 front seven now for the Baltimore Ravens on the defensive side is going to have a lot of pressure on them to kind of protect the back side of it because now you lose yeah. your top corner and Marcus Peters. So uh, they face the uh, Las Vegas Raiders on Monday night. So it'll be interesting to see how the Baltimore Ravens Baltimore Ravens respond to the injuries that are happening to their backfield. Let's take one more quick break and then we will get into the Sunday player props for NFL Week One. Fixwise is the number one app for sports betting helmed by a team of trend watching, data devouring sports fanatics giving you the who, how, and why behind every prediction. For every game, every day, and every sport, loaded with best bets, props, and parlays, you can find in depth analysis on every game all for free. Found your pick? Search the latest sportsbook promotions to sign up an account compare the odds and finally place your bet download the free pixwise app now to make your next bet better pixwise backs re- responsible gambling gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER price picks turn your picks into real cash with price picks my favorite daily fantasy app it's fast and it's easy and it all starts with price picks Simply pick two to five players and decide if they will go over or under their stat projection. The more players you pick, the more you can win. Up to 10 times your money. Price picks is the only way I play. Use our promo code SGP to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. That's price picks promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by Mint Mobile. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I first heard of heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless services starting just at $15 a month, I thought, man, what's the catch? But after speaking with them and using their service, it's all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile secret sauce is that if that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. By cutting out retail stores, there's no crazy overhead costs that get passed down to you in the form of mystery fees. Instead, Mint just passes out 
pass is on sweet savings direct to you for people looking to save extra have extra savings mint mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 dollars a month all plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivering on the nation's largest 5g network use your own phone with any mint mobile plan and keep your same phone number as along with all your existing contacts and if you're not 100 satisfied mint mobile has you covered with their seven day money back guarantee switch to mint mobile and get premium wireless service starting just at 15 dollars a month to get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month get the plan shipped to your door for free Go to mintmobile.com slash sports GP. That's mintmobile.com slash sports GP. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash sports GP. We're also brought to you by Odds Crowd. If you haven't downloaded the Odds Crowd app today, you're missing out. The free roll football contest is taking place on Odds Crowd this year. $10,000 for the best NFL better. Sides are included as well this year. Also, weekly $100 SGPN exclusive contest just for the people who have the app downloaded. There are over $30,000 in cash prizes up for grabs across both season long and weekly contests on NFL and college football. The boys here at SGPN are all taking part so you can try to claim bragging rights over us too. Here's how it works. Once you enter a contest, you track your picks and your best and your bets against real odds and lines, much like you would with any pick tracking app. The most profitable players rise up in the leaderboard. If you have it, if you have the highest profit at the end of the contest, you win. An odds crowd isn't just a fantasy betting contest, it's a social app for sports bettors. It's free to download. You can live group chat with other bettors, track your bets, set up private fantasy contests with your buddies, and much more. So download the app for free or go to oddscrowd.com today. And certainly, last but not least, download and enter your NFL Week 1 picks for a chance to win $100,000. The SGPN app is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all of our picks and podcasts. Don't forget to toss up an app review and download the SGPN app today. All right. Coming off of the break, Dan, NFL week one Sunday kicking off in about 60 hours. I'm excited. Like we mentioned Thursday, we had a great game between the Bucks and the Cowboys. But for our purposes, we're here to talk about props. And um, we had a great start to Thursday. Hopefully we can keep that momentum going into Sunday. We'll keep it the same format like we did when we were doing our season-long preview. We'll go with uh, uh, quarterbacks and the skill positions, and we'll try to give you guys about you know five to six, uh, something in that range, and then we'll wrap it up with a best bet that we like for the weekend. And like I mentioned, uh, we're going to keep a running tally on how our picks do, as uh, at least for our best bets on this uh, on this podcast. So, Dan, I'll start off with you, man. NFL Week one Sunday. Let's start with the quarterbacks. Uh, what do you got as your first prop for the for the Sunday games? Yeah, so my first prop, I got Teddy Bridgewater under 248 passing yards. Now the the Denver Broncos are going up against the New York football, the New York Giants. I was gonna say the New York football giants. Um, <laughs> I don't even want to give them that respect. Um, so 
but yeah, they're going to be on the road. And to be honest, like I, I'm actually a bit, I think that this, I'm so really surprised that this number is this high considering how good James Bradbury is. He's one of the premier corners in the NFL. The Giants only let up 239 passing yards per game last season. And Teddy Bridgewater didn't even average this over the course of uh, his, his tenure over in Carolina. So to, to start out with this, with this number, I think it's a bit aggressive and, you know, the Denver offense only averaged 215 passing yards last season with Drew Locke under center. And mm-hmm. Drew Locke was a guy that was literally seemingly like throwing all the time, right? Because they, their O-line wasn't very good. He was constantly turning over the ball. I, I just didn't have much faith in the Denver offense. And they ranked 12th in rushing attempts last season. So plus add, add to the fact that they just picked up Javante Williams I mm-hmm. think that they're really going to be leaning on their defense and their run game to be successful. The good thing about Teddy Bridgewater is that he doesn't turn over the ball a lot. Yeah, They're not going to be having him pushing the ball down the field. There was reports today that Cortland Sutton is apparently getting nearing closer to that pre-injury form. I'm not sure that I buy it. I think Jerry Judy is really the main asset on that team in terms of the pass game. Noah Fant is already banged up. So I don't think he's going to have a ton of weapons to get over – 204 to get 249 yards. So I'm not too thrilled about it. I love Denver's defense this year. I think that they're going to lean on that to stop. Let's be honest, a pretty sad and disappointing New York giants offensive line. Uh, I don't know that yeah. Saquon's going to be ready to the, to the point where he should be. Mm-hmm. So lean on the defense, run the ball. You got Melvin Gordon there as well. I think we're gonna see Javante Williams get busy. Uh, and Teddy will not be slinging the rock like that. So I'm going to take the under on Teddy Bridgewater, uh, two under 248. Yeah, I, I think that you know for Teddy, we, we t- guys like Teddy Bridgewater. I think another guy, Tyrod Taylor, is another example that they've kind of been brought in to kind of be those game managers, right? They're not going to be chunking the ball down the field, and a lot of time, even when Teddy Bridgewater was with the New Orleans Saints. He didn't have that big arm where he was getting it down. It was more checkdowns, right? And that's going to have the opportunity for those defensive guys to come up and limit the yards and make those tackles. So, um, uh, yeah, 248 does seem a lot, for especially for week one for Teddy Bridgewater. And it, you, you, the, the Giants defense, I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see. But like you said, you know, with, with Bradbury there, I think that it's going to, you know, with the injuries, especially to the receivers that you talked about, with the Denver Broncos, it's going to be really hard for him to get to 249, 250 passing yards. So I think, like you mentioned, that they are going to heavily rely on that running game with Javante Williams and possibly Melvin Gordon if he's ready to go. Um, For my uh, quarterback prop, I do have two. I'm going to start with the guy that we had talked about a lot and and taken a season-long player prop under on him was Tua Tungvaluwa, under 200 34 and a half passing yards. Look, they're going up against the New England Patriots in week one. Have to go up to Gillette Stadium on the road. This is going to be, I think, number one, the first game for Tua where there's going to be fans. And we know the success that Bill Belichick has against rookie and second year quarterbacks. And I think that he's really going to limit what Tua is going to be able to do in this in this game. We also have to remember that Wolf Fuller is not going to be playing in this game because he's still serving that one game uh, or the, the last game of suspension from the PED use that he had uh, from, from last season. So um, and if we're going to go back and look at last season, what 
Tua did against the New England Patriots last season. They played in week 14. He had 145 passing yards in that game. He had um, 94 against the Las Vegas Raiders, who were the worst, I think, pass defense last season, if not one of the worst. Had a great season closing out, but, you know, against the Buffalo Bills, but that was a game where Buffalo pretty had pretty much had everything locked up, right? The division and playoff spot also. And then you kind of look at his game log. I mean, 93, 169, 83. So I think that the defense is really going to give trouble to Tua. And I think that that offensive line we talked about, Dan, was that it's, it's not going to be ready to go for this Dolphins team because I think they're going to be missing Austin Jackson in this game. So I think that's another thing that may contribute to Tua not being able to get over 235 passing yards for me. So week one going up to Gillette Stadium against Bill Belichick, I think that's a tall order for Tua in his first true road game with fans in the stadium. I love this fade, and I'm all on the train of fading Tua. And his, you know, I, I took his long season game props uh, or season long prop of, yeah. of 4,000 passing yards. And this is tough sledding, man. You can't just go up into Gillette Stadium and ball out like that. Like, I feel like Bill Belichick now has his defense back. A lot of guys opted out from COVID. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even though he's got a, a rookie quarterback at the helm, I think that he's plenty comfortable rocking Mac Jones out there yeah. to not turn over the ball. But, like, I think that they're another team that's really going to lean heavily on their defense. And I think that Jalen Waddle is going to ha- be in for a rude awakening. Miles Gaskin, I don't, I just don't know that Tua has enough weapons to, to get, to make a dent of significance and control this game. So I like where you're going here, 234. And, and the, the fact that Vegas is even already disrespecting him enough to put him under Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> yeah. already shows me like we're, we're looking the right direction, man. I think that these are going to be defensive driven games because Miami's defense is pretty good too. Like they forced yeah. one of the most turnovers last year. So, right. you know, I think that we could be looking at two defensive battles here that really won't bode well for the starting quarterbacks. Yeah. And I think both these game totals are sitting around 42 and a half or 43 yeah. and a half. So yeah, they're, they're thinking that this is going to be a lower scoring game. Uh, did you have another quarterback uh, prop? I did. And you oh, actually mentioned his name, which is actually kind of cool. Um, <laughs> Tyrod Taylor. I'm going to go over 16 and a half rushing yards. So okay. call me crazy. It's like, wow, why are you bringing up Tyrod Taylor? What, why are you going with this bum? It's really because every time he's been the starter, he's generally been a very effective rusher. So mm-hmm. in three, season, three seasons as the full-time starter in Buffalo uh, from 2015 to 2018, I believe, he averaged 40 yards per game in, in the first season, 38 the second one, and 28 rushing yards per game. The dude's yeah. got legs. And mm-hmm. even better, he's playing against Jacksonville, who ranked dead last in allowing an opponent's uh, in allowing opponents rushing attempts. So, to me, this is probably going to be. We've talked about it at length how bad this division is, and yeah. I'm just imagining this to be an actually. <laughs> it might be an entertaining game just because both defenses aren't very good, mm-hmm. and the talent on the field also isn't very good. So Taylor's right. surrounded by, at best, Brandon Cooks and. Behind him, he's got Philip Lindsay, Mark Ingram, David jo- David Johnson. Not really anything to get thrilled about. So even though the Jacksonville um, Jacksonville defense isn't that good, Tyrod is at his best when he's using his legs. And even though yeah. the dude is like over thirty years old now, he's got the rushing upside. Sixteen and a half isn't a very high margin for him to to obtain. You know, he could get that in a couple scrambles. So especially when the defense collapses, 
he's going to be rushing it out. So um, I like Tyrod Taylor in this spot. This is probably one of the only Houston Texans props you'll see me uh, have <laughs> all season. So it's week one. Fuck it. Yeah. We're rolling the dice. Uh, Tyrod Taylor over 16 and a half rushing yards. Yeah. And you're not asking him to get like 30, 40 yards. It's, it's 17. I mean, he can get that maybe in two scrambles or even three scrambles. So right. um, if that pocket is going to collapse on Tyrod Taylor, he has the ability to escape and, you know, get you yards, uh, you know, rushing or, or, you know, running to the first down marker. So, you know, that's going to add up for him. And, you know, like I said, getting 17, is not going to be a big issue for Tyrod Taylor, who's been pretty yeah, well, much doing it most yeah. of his career. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say one caveat. I'm just, I'm just hoping that the doctors are allow him to actually get out on the field this time and some shady <laughs> shit doesn't go down in the locker room. Um, it worked out well for Justin Herbert, but I don't know what was it. Uh, what's his name behind him? Something Mills? Uh, Davis Mills. Davis Mills. That's it. Yeah. Mr. Mr. No Knees. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, he's in Houston, one of the best, best medical... I guess centers in the world. So he's in good hands down here in Houston, at least with the doctor. So we at least have that going for us down here in Houston. (laughs) (laughs) This is where we are with Houston. We're talking about their doctors. (laughs) Uh, For my second one, uh, I'm going to take Andy Dalton under 200, uh, 206 and a half passing yards. They're going up against the Rams defense here. I mean, if you kind of take a look at, the history between these two teams over the last uh, couple seasons and the final scores of this game, it's been a lot of these games have finished with a total of under 30 uh, points combined. And Andy Dalton, I mean, this guy can be done by halftime and we see Justin Field enter in the second half. I mean, I don't have much of a handicap here, but asking Andy Dalton to go out and throw 207 yards against a, a, a Rams defense who last year, I believe, were number three in DVOA uh, on the defensive side of the, on the, of the football. He's going to be getting pressured from Aaron Donald all season. You have Jalen Ramsey. You have some other guys in the secondary that can make plays and, and cover their, uh, their wide receivers. So Andy Dalton going up against his Rams team, I think it might be a very, very long night for him. And like I mentioned, I don't, man, if he has a bad half, we might see Justin Fields come in in that second half. So I'm taking Andy Dalton under 200, uh, 206 and a half passing yards. I have no beef with this because frankly, he's going to, he might get killed out there. I mean, (laughs) that, 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 that front yard, I mean, that, that pass front is just brutal. And yeah, there's just nothing much you could say to it. I, I feel you on the not, you don't need much of a handicap. It's just yep. fade Andy Dalton and whatever that situation is. Cause it's, it's going to be, it's going to be ugly. Anything else for quarterbacks, Daniel? I uh, want to move on to skill positions. Yeah, let's move on to skill positions. All right, let's move on to the skill positions. Uh, I have a couple here, but I'll let you kick things off, man. Who's your first one, uh, either wide, uh, wide receivers or running backs. Yeah, I'll go running back first. Uh, okay. The first one I have is juiced up a little bit. I've seen it as high as minus 148. I think this is going to probably go even higher, if not the line move. It's Antonio Gibson, and it's his rushing yards. And right now it sits at 57 and a half. I'm going to take the over on that. Okay. And the reason I'm going to take the over on that is because if you look around and shop around some of the books, mm-hmm. I'm seeing this line as high as 64 and a half. So wow. to, get, to grab this at 57 and a half, um, I think that that's extremely good value. And um, something's amiss there. So, um, but mainly the reason why I really like Antonio Gibson, I know that the, that the, uh, chargers are really good in terms of their front line. Uh, they're getting Joey Bosa back. Um, mm-hmm. but, 
uh, you know, all, all of a sudden, I mean, it's really going to be his show. You know, J.D. McKissick was very involved in the offense um, as, a, as a third down back, but Ron Rivera has been very adamant about the ability of Antonio Gibson. And let's not forget, this guy was a pass catcher in Memphis before he came into the NFL, converted to a running back. He had one season, his first season, and he got nearly 1,000 yards. So, you know, I think that this is we're going to see a whole different offense for Washington, uh, especially with Fitzmagic back there. I think that's going to improve their play. They're not going to be doing this dinking and dunking with Alex Smith anymore. Um, and obviously, Dwayne Haskins is far, far gone. So I think we're going to see a way better uh, Washington offense that's going to be uh, complemented by an even better defense. And over the four, the last five games of the season to close out the year, Antonio Gibson went over 58 yards rushing. So a lot of upside on this kid. He's very highly drafted in fantasy drafts, you know, first, second round pick. So yeah. I think that there's, this is just setting up to be a really good season for this kid. And uh, yeah, just given the, the, the discrepancy in the markets across books, I think you're just getting really good value at 58. So I play this up to probably 62, 63. Um, but yeah, easy over for me. I think you made a great point kind of going back is that there, there's going to be books out there that are kind of slow to react to, to changing a number on player props. And that's where you will be able to capitalize on finding some of these props at, at a lower yardage, uh, like you just mentioned, right? One book may have it at 57, 58 and a half, and you'll see another book that has it all the way up to 64 and a half, maybe even higher. So I think shopping around for, especially for player props, uh, I think is, is very, very key. So I think uh, that's a great point that I love that you brought up. Um, yeah. I mean, Antonio, I mean, that's that the number seems low, doesn't it? And I think that's why you're all yeah. this over it. It makes a lot of sense to me. Right. And this guy's going to be a, a stud. I know, you know, Sean was talking about he's coming off a turf toe thing and 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 from last season that may be lingering. But if it really was, I, I think, especially with a turf toe, that we would have heard it being a bigger deal out of the Washington uh, camp, but it's not, right? And I think that for Washington, especially with Ryan, Ryan Fitz, uh, Fitzpatrick at the center, I think that first they probably want to develop or or, or get with going with the run game with Gibson. And I think that's going to make, things easier for that Washington offense and have play action off of uh, of Gibson and establishing him first and then building your passing game right. off of that. So I think that's going to give them a lot of opportunities to create those holes for that offensive line. Maybe, you know, he sneaks off one and you catch this one easily. So I, I don't hate that, especially for, for a guy that had so much success last season for this to open up at such a low number. I love that. Um, for my first one, uh, I'm going to go with Alvin Kamara over five and a half receptions. Um you have Jameis Winston starting at quarterback for the uh, New Orleans Saints, but this uh, we, we've talked about this also, Dan, is that I'm not sold on this wide receiving group. I mean, when you have Marcus or, or Callaway as your number one receiver, possibly, um, I think that there's a very, very good chance that Kamara ends up leading this team in receptions. And we kind of go back and look at it last season. I know they had Drew Brees and Winston is a completely different quarterback, but this is good. This is your best offensive player. Michael Thomas, I'm not sure if this guy's going to play another down for the Saints, but then that just makes Alvin Kamara your best uh, offensive player, and you're going to have to feed this guy the ball, whether it's rushing the ball, and he's one of the best, if not the best, pass-catching running backs in our league. Last season, um, if you just kind of go down the stat box, I mean, there's numerous games where he had eight receptions, nine receptions, seven. One game, he had 13 receptions, 139 yards, nine receptions, 95 yards. So, I think that for them, 
to keep up with the Packers offense. This may or may not turn into a shootout, but if it does, and if they're playing from behind, I think Alvin Kamara is going to be really utilized in that running game. And we've seen a lot of times, oh, sorry, in the passing game, uh, but we've seen a lot of times where Alvin Kamara lines up with the wide receiver and then would they decide to spread it out. So I think Kamara is a great option. You know, either it's on screen passes or or dinks and dunks that I think that he's going to be able to get over this five and a half uh, receptions uh, on Sunday against the Packers. That number seems low to me. And yeah. Primarily because even though it's Jameis back there and not Drew Brees, at least it's not Taysom Hill. So yeah. I feel like they're factoring like that is like, like it's Hill. And yeah. like to your point, you know, I, I think the offense is is Alvin Kamara. It's, it, he's the focal point. So mm-hmm. they get down, even if they're not down, I think that just be, him being a part of the screen game, the dump passes, hitting them in the flat, giving them space to work. That's the way that the the Saints run their offense. And um yeah, I see no reason why he wouldn't uh, be a good candidate to get what north of you know five, five, six receptions. That that yeah. seems like it's very attainable. Yeah, I think if you're able to shop around, you may be able to find a four and a half, but it may be uh, juiced higher than a minus one fifty. So um, I would still take it at four and a half. I think that you know, like we just discussed, that Kamara should be able to exceed this number easily. Uh, yeah. What do you got for your next one, uh, Dan? Uh, yeah, so for my next one, I'm going Julio Jones over 60 and a half receiving yards. And okay. I know some people might be a little scared of this one, but, you know, he's in a new offense. But I think that, you know, Julio has shown that when he's on the field and seemingly healthy, mm-hmm. he performs. Yeah. And he actually eclipsed this mark in six out of nine games that he played last season. He's in a new offense, as I stated. But, you know, I think with Arthur Smith gone now, you know, I think that they're almost signaling that this is Ryan Tannehill's show, and they went out and got Julio Jones to prove to get more offensive weapons, to have less reliance on the run game and Derrick Henry. And, you know, I think that he's going to come in and start to contribute right away. A.J. Brown is reportedly already dealing with knee issues. We know his story passed with knee issues. Mm -hmm. And more interestingly enough, um, in, in season openers, out of his 10-year career, Julio Jones has gone over 60 yards nine times. Yep. So this guy, is he always comes out of the season ready to ball out. And I think that he has a really good matchup in, in week one that I think he can he can get these opportunities. And 60 and a half for Julio, uh, for a guy that usually commands, you know, eight to nine targets per contest, if not double digits. This could be a really good spot for him to eclipse this. So I I like the upside of Julio Jones. I think this is a little bit low. So I'm grabbing this at a premium right now. I think this is is buying the official dip. And then once he goes off, we'll see it get to more reasonable Julio-like numbers. Despite his age, we know what his pedigree is. And this guy's a baller when, when healthy. I love the point that you just said that this is a buy low opportunity for Julio Jones. I mean, when was the last time we see Julio Jones his receiving prop listed at 60 and a half, right? And I understand that he's on another team now, but it's still Julio Jones, right? Like you just said in your handicap that if this guy's on the field, if he's healthy, he's going to be a factor out there. And we can say that he probably upgraded from Matt, Matty ice to Ryan Tannehill, especially in this offense. Um, But if, you know, like, like you said that if AJ Brown is dealing with a knee issue that he may be, not playing as many snaps and you have to kind of go to Julio Jones, you know, as your number one wide receiver at that point. So, um, and who knows this game could turn into a shootout. 
right? And I'm not really sold on this Cardinals secondary. Their no. front seven is is stout. Like they they have ballers on that front seven, but that secondary, I'm not sold on. It. And this just seems like that this might this game will turn to shootout, and we'll see maybe Julio Jones get like an Antonio Brown type of situation where we saw tonight where he has. 100 plus receiving yards and, and a touchdown catch. So um, I love that you're buying low on this. Um, it's Julio Jones. Anything about, uh, anything under 70, 65 yards, you kind of have to take the over at that point for Julio Jones. So right. uh, exactly I, I love, mm-hmm. yeah, I love that one. Um, for my second one, uh, I'm going to go with, uh, I have two here. Let's go with uh, Nick Chubb over 71 and a half rushing yards. I think that, Nick Chubb is going to have a great chance this season to be possibly the rushing uh, yards leader as far as running backs go. And now you're going into Kansas City, where I don't think they really did much to kind of improve their rush defense. Um, they improved their offensive line significantly, but for their for the rushing defense, which last year we saw teams come playing that were that were playing the Kansas City Chiefs had so much success running the ball. And when you have a two headed monster like Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt coming into Arrowhead. Um, I think this is a great opportunity that if the Cleveland Browns want to keep Patrick Mahomes off the field, they're going to have to run the ball efficiently. And I think that's going to have to start with Nick Chubb. And I think that he's going to have a great, great season. But I think that at 71 and a half for Nick Chubb, I think that seemed kind of low for me. Uh, Like I mentioned, going up against a really bad run defense of the Kansas City Chiefs. So Nick Chubb over 71 and a half rushing yards for me. Yeah, I think that this is going to be the best game of, well, the, the Thursday night game was a was definitely <laughs> a spectacular one, but I think that this is probably going to be the best game on the slate for Week One outside what? of that game. Why is this not the Sunday night game? I don't get it. Yeah, I don't I don't understand that either. It's totally stupid because this is gonna. I mean, this is potential playoff a playoff matchup right here. So yeah, um, the thing that scares me about Chubb is only if Kansas City gets out to a lead, then I think we'll see more Kareem Hunt. Yeah. But the best chance for Cleveland to win this game is punching them right in the mouth. And the way that you do that is running Nick Chubb down their throat. And he's one of the best pure runners in the game. And if they can establish, if they can control the clock and keep Mahomes off the field, yeah, Chubb's going to smash this. Yeah. So I love the upside play. If, if you're backing Cleveland here, I would back Chubb because that I think that the two are correlated in terms of the strategy of Nick Stefanski or Kevin Stefanski, excuse me. Yeah. Um, trying to control the clock, keep the best players off the field, lean on your defense and run the ball. That's, that's what they do best. And Baker don't turn over the ball just for the love of God. Don't, don't, don't do it. (laughs) I think Baker's gotten better. I think having Kevin Stefanski that I think that's really going to help only improve Baker. And, and um, like we've mentioned, I think that, I think there's a great correlation that if you do like Kansas, sorry, the Cleveland Browns, and I think this number has already moved down to five from six, Um, that this is a great correlation between Nick Chubb's rushing yards or even, you know, Kareem Hunt rushing yards to the Cleveland Browns spread. So um, hopefully the Kansas City Chiefs don't come out to uh, throwing the ball and getting out to a lead and then I'm going to be crushed. Um, Do you have any more running backs or skill positions you want to give out? Yeah, I got uh, two two more skill positions that I'm going to throw out there. Um, LaVisca Chenault, over one and a half rushing yards. This one's mm. super interesting to me. Yeah. And it's really because one, I've never played a wide receiver rushing prop before. Mm-hmm. Um, but more so because I just love where LaVisca Chenault is in terms of the scheme and the offense of Urban Meyer. And 
there's not going to be many people that are going to be talking highly of Urban Meyer. I'm definitely not one of them. However, <laughs> what we saw in the preseason was a really up-tempo offense that he is one of the he is the de facto Percy Harvin of Urban Meyer's offense. And we know that mm. he loves these gadget guys to uh, run these these inside draw plays and and rush rushes just anything to to create uh, misdirection sure. and trickery at the line. And I think that this is a perfect spot for Chenault to do this. So just for context, he received at least one carry in 11 of 14 games last season. So it's not like this is like a random thing that happens. Like this is yeah. a part of the fabric that is the Jacksonville Jaguars. And he actually exceeded uh, one and a half rushing yards in six of 14 games last season in a really bad offense. You yep. upgrade with a new quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. You get a few more weapons in DJ Shark and uh, and Marvin, Marvin Jones. I think that this is just going to be a great place for Chenault to be the weapon that he's that he's going to be. And reportedly in camp, he had the best receiver camp out of anyone. Urban Meyer likes him a lot. I think there's a lot of upside for him to be more active than just the passing game. He rushed 18 times for 91 yards last season. So um, this is one of my flyer ones that I'm, I'm kind of excited about that you can still get for really good value because the number's so low. That this is this is a fun prop. I really like this because. A lot of times you don't see a book putting out wide receiver rushing yards. And I think that this one's out there for a reason. And I, I the part of the handicap that what you just mentioned that I love is that it's not new territory for uh, Chenault, right? He's done it before. Like you mentioned last season, he had uh, attempts in 14 games. And um, with Urban Meyer coming in, I think that we, we've seen that when he was in college that he loves running the ball and he's going to find ways to get creative about running the ball. And let's just, just be honest that the Texans defense, whether it's a front seven or the, or the secondary, it's not very good. And he's going to take advantage of the opportunities if he can, but um, asking him to get two yards, I, you know, he should be able to get that in, in, in one carry. So I will definitely be keeping my eye out for that when, when I'm watching these games and looking for Chanel to get two rushing yards. So hopefully you can catch this one. Uh, yeah, the I last mean, who, one, who, who, who would have thought that in the, in the inaugural week one episode, I'm pumping a Texan <laughs> and a Jaguar. This hey, is where we are. <laughs> if we can get in the cash and we can find the value in these prop bets, we're going to give them out regardless of how bad the team is or how how bad uh, of a matchup or the game it's going to be. So uh, we're, we're just here to give out winning bets and, and cash prop bets. Uh, my last one uh, I'm going to give out is Damian Harris uh, over 13 and a half, possibly 14 and a half rush attempts. This is not yardage, it's rush attempts. And I think that, we, we talked about the Miami and the New England game is that it, this is going to be an ugly game. And I think that with Mac Jones being the starting quarterback, Bill Belichick is not going to put a game plan together where he's going to have Mac Jones come out and, and just throw the ball all over the field. I think that Damian Harris, we talked about that he's going to have a great season. He's going to be probably the featured back um, for the New England Patriots. And I'm guessing that Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick are going to want to establish this running game and have Mac Jones, like right, you know, like we talked about with Gibson and Fitzpatrick, build a running or passing game off of uh, running the ball. So Damian Harris, I, I think he should get the bulk of the carries here. Um, asking him 14 rushes, 14, 14 and a half, whatever number you're seeing, I'm seeing a 13 and a half. Um, but I do like just because this is Mac Jones's first game, 
as a rookie quarterback in 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 an NFL professional game in a regular season game, I think that there may be more emphasis on the running game for the New England Patriots, at least in week one. Now, the only thing that does kind of scare me is we've talked about that New England has been traditionally a team that does running back by committee. Um, that's the only thing that kind of scares me. But I think that, you know, if, if Damian Harris is having a great game, he should be the featured back and, and should crush this uh, 14, uh, 14, 14 and a half rush attempts for this game. Yeah, their running back got by committee got much easier when they shipped Sony Michelle yeah. out to uh, L.A. So to me, that that just only gives me more confidence in Damian Harris being the workhorse back for them. I think we'll see Ramondre Stevenson factor in there a little bit. We'll definitely see James White on the field at times. Yeah. But the game script for this to me, low scoring game, two defenses that are better than their offenses. This screams feed the ball to the running back. So um, I, I agree with you on this one. And uh, you said, yeah, one more, right? Yeah, I'm going to go. Yeah, go ahead. So to kind of piggyback off of what we were talking about earlier with the, the Ravens, um, I'm going to go with Mark Andrews over four and a half receptions on Monday night. Okay. And the reason I'm going to do this is because I think it's just really a war of attrition and Lamar Jackson's run out of people to ha- to have as a weapon on offense. And right now, Hollywood Brown's coming off an injury. Didn't really play much in the preseason. Sammy Watkins is new and out there, but we don't know what he's going to look like. The rapport is not quite there yet. But then you have old faithful Mark Andrews. He just got the bag. He did this. He went over four and a half receptions in seven to 14 games last season. He was the primary target for Lamar Jackson. He's been the primary target for Lamar Jackson. And against a, going up against a Raiders team that can be beat um, in the middle of the field, their, their linebacking core isn't the best at projecting against those tight ends. And, I think we've seen um, over the course of time with Lamar Jackson, this is the moment that he, that I think all of the onlookers have been waiting for. When is he going to start slinging the rock? Well, fortunately, unfortunately now he has no running backs to kind of support him. So he's going to be the, the main generator on offense, rushing the ball like he was last year. But now we're going to see another dynamic of him trying to push the ball down the field and keeping defenses honest. And I think Mark Andrews is going to be the biggest beneficiary of that in game one. I think if you would have just said that he just secured a bag and an extension for with the Ravens, did Mark Andrews that that he's going to come out and show? And uh, yeah, I think I agree with everything you said, right? And now this is a time where they're going to have to start to they're going to have to start passing the ball because we talked about earlier that the injuries have piled up for this this running back group. We've heard all season long that they want to improve their running game or sorry the passing game. Now you have old reliable Mark Andrews at your tight end position that's going to be able to um, kind of be that security blanket for Lamar Jackson and asking him to get five catches against a one of the worst, if not the worst secondary in the entire football league in the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, I, I think that this number is set way too low for Mark Andrews. Uh, uh, four and a half, asking him to get five catches, I think that that's going to be a easy, easy task against this defense for the Raiders. Um, any more, did you, uh, any more props that you have for t- uh, the Sunday games, uh, Dan? No, man, I'm, I'm just really excited to uh, get to Sunday at this point, man. And, uh, we can start tallying our, our sheet here. Um, love that we actually made it to this point. It's crazy yeah. that we started a month ago, went through all of our favorite season long props in each division. And now we're here actually talking props for each week, which is extremely exciting and tight, man. So all y'all listening out there, ride with us. Fade us, talk to us. Yeah, uh, we, we we're gonna have our new feed, which I, I think Munaf is gonna announce very soon. But yeah. uh, 
Yeah, man, it's on and popping. This is a really exciting time. It's going to be a great season. We got fans back in the building. Um, can't wait. Can't wait. With that being said, let's wrap it up with a best bet. I know we gave about five to seven each. Let's give out one best bet that we like for the Sunday games, and then we'll wrap it up and get out of here. So, Dan, give me your best bet for the Sunday games. Which one did you love that you talked about tonight? Yeah, I think I'm going to go with the the Julio Jones disrespect. Um, okay. I'm going to go with Julio. I think Julio is going to have a fantastic game. And just given his history of success in season openers, hard to fade him in game one uh, against a porous Arizona secondary that only has Buda Baker. And frankly, that's not going to be nearly enough because uh, he's going to, someone's going to have to deal with AJ Brown and look, watch, watch Julio cook. So really excited to see what he looks like in uh, Titans uniform. I think that's going to be a really fun game between those two teams. Uh, my best bet, I am going to go with Alvin Kamara's receptions over. Shop around for this one, but for our show purposes, I'm going to go over five and a half receptions for Alvin Kamara. For all the reasons that we had talked about, I think this guy is going to be the stud for this Saints offense. No Michael Thomas. You have a very depleted and not a great wide receiving group. So, um Alvin Kamara automatically is your best offensive player on the Saints. So I'm going to take Alvin Kamara over five and a half receptions as my best bet. Uh, Dan, any final thoughts for tonight before we sign off here? I know we're both excited for NFL week one. Great game tonight, but uh, a full, full, full slate of games on Sunday. Any, any final thoughts? Now let's get it, man. And uh, enjoy the, Tell the crew I said what's up. Enjoy the weekend in Vegas. I know it's going to be extremely lit. Yeah. Um, wish I was out there. Yeah, man. I, I I haven't met the guys yet, but I got straight to the room, watched the final fourth quarter, and and uh, uh, got on you, got on with you to record this prop uh, propcast, and I, I got to do some other work. So uh, gonna get some food. Hopefully, I can meet the guys up tomorrow, and it's gonna be lit all weekend. So with that being said. Good luck with your bets this weekend, guys. Uh, we'll be keeping a tally of our best bets all season long. Gave you two best bets tonight. We are both off to a great start. Enjoy the games, Cash, and we're going to talk to you hopefully next week. With that being said, let it ride.